Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. It is terrific to be with you today. It's a kind of an overcast day here in the South, but uh, nonetheless, a good day to get started. But I have to tell you, we're going to jump right in uh, because uh, yesterday, uh, the Attorney General of the United States of America issued a decision uh, that is going to cost people their lives. Uh, it was unnecessary. Uh, it is uh, anti-American. Uh, it may very well be a violation of our international treaty responsibilities. Uh, and it is one uh, which will uh, cast this Attorney General uh, as uh, one who perhaps performed his duties worse than any attorney general in U.S. history. Now, it's quite clear that the president of the United States wants this attorney general gone, but doesn't have the gumption or the guts to fire him. And there's no way that Jeff Sessions is leaving until he completely dismantles the legal protections earned through generations of work in the immigration and federal courts, uh, Jeff Sessions is on a mission. And he is on a mission uh, to ensure uh, that legal immigration to America is eliminated. Uh, he is on a mission to ensure that asylum protections are eviscerated. He is on a mission to ensure that children are jailed for the acts of their parents. He is on a mission uh, to perhaps do things that no attorney general has done since prior to the Civil War. Um, he is an embarrassment, unfortunately, for us. And yet, uh, yours truly predicted all of this prior to the election on May 26, 2016. I wrote a blog that said that the one reason why you wouldn't vote for Donald Trump is Jeff Sessions. And the things that he would do to dismantle. This is before any idea that he'd be Attorney General, although that's clearly what he wanted to be. We just knew what he was going to do. And this is one of those things I predicted. Yesterday, the Attorney General of the United States issued a decision called Matter of AB. Uh, Matter of AB is the decision uh, that he had reserved for himself and used it to overrule. Uh, a case called Matter of A-R-C-G. Now, Matter of A-B uh, comes out of North Carolina. Uh, it is handled by a former associate of mine, Andres Lopez, who won asylum uh, after a series of, uh, of uh, appeals to the Board of Immigration Appeals. Uh, and it is a case which clearly delineates, clearly delineates uh, what it means to be persecuted as someone who has been attacked viciously in a society uh, by their spouse, in a society that does not uh, control nor care about the, the domestic violence situation. Uh, this decision appears to have been written by uh, uh, someone with a very limited vocabulary. Uh, it is poorly reasoned. Uh, it is violative of uh, international norms and our treaty obligations and directly contrary to the circuit law uh, in various different circuits of the United States and it will no doubt, in my opinion, be reversed by the Fourth Circuit, which is where this case arises. And those immigration lawyers listening, our, our, our goal is to take good cases to immigration court, to document those cases, 
to brief those cases, and then we lose an immigration court, which we will, because that's what the Attorney General says has to happen on these cases. We will go to the we will go to the Board of Immigration Appeals, where we will lose again because of this decision. And then finally, we will go to the circuit courts, where we will win. We will overturn this decision, circuit by circuit by circuit, um, until such a time that either a new Attorney General reverses this horrific decision. A terrible decision, uh, very political, uh, very anti-American. Um, so let's take a look at this. Matter uh, of AB uh, involves uh, a woman uh, uh, in uh, North Carolina who sought asylum based upon domestic violence grounds. Uh, and uh, we probably should, I should probably call Andres up, and maybe next week get Andres Lopez on our show to have him talk about this. Uh, but well, here's what happened here. On March 7th, less than three months ago, around three months ago, um, the Attorney General directed, he says, I directed the Board of Immigration Appeals to refer for my review its decision uh, in matter of AB. Uh, that was called matter of AB 27 INN DEC 227. Um, he asked for briefing on whether and under what circumstances being a victim of a, quote, private criminal activity, close quote, constitutes a cognizable, quote, particular social group, close quote, for purposes of an application for asylum and a holding of removal. Now, let's be clear. Uh, we're talking about domestic violence, not just general domestic violence, but domestic violence in countries in which the government has no desire, nor intent, nor ability. Um, and culturally acceptable means of beating spouses and domestic partners. Um, this has been a series and was a series of, uh, uh, of uh, cases over the course of 20 years uh, reviewed by at least three different attorney generals, two Republican and one Democrat, uh, to uh, establish the precedent in matter of ARCG. So matter of AB as a present decision was nothing more than a reiteration of what matter of ARCG was and likely was only a mat only a precedent decision at the time in in March 20 in in 2018 uh because uh it uh it was nothing more than a a uh, 2016 was nothing more than a decision to remand the case to the immigration judge for further proceedings. Now so here's what he wrote. Consistent with the test developed by the board over the past several decades, an applicant seeking to establish persecution on the account of membership in a particular social group must satisfy two requirements. First, the applicant must demonstrate membership in a group, which is composed of individual members who share a common immutable characteristic, which is defined with particularity and is socially distinct within the society in question. Now that's I know for non-lawyers, like, what the heck did you just say? Well, basically, you can't be a social group that nobody can see. That's what they're saying. You can't. You have to be a social group that's cognizable, that's recognizable, uh, that, that has a characteristic that can't you. For example, a social group is not a group of taxi cab drivers because it's not immutable. You can, not, you can be something else other than a taxi cab driver, uh, whereas uh, a family is a social group because you're always going to be and, and it's recognizable and has a common immutable characteristic. Being gay is a common immutable characteristic, although we'll see how far this, this decision goes in that regard, um, and is socially distinct within the society. 
Uh, and second, the applicant's membership in that group must be a central reason for persecution. Now, here's what the Attorney General said. When, as here, the alleged persecutor is someone unaffiliated with the government, the applicant must show that flight from her country is necessary because her home government is unwilling or unable to protect her. Now, that all of that is the law. That information is correct. Now, what happens now in this decision is how the Attorney General then twists that to come to the conclusion where it's happened. And so here is, here is his initial conclusory paragraph, um, which tries to over and does overturn decades of immigration law. Um, now, I think uh, there's probably a member of his staff that wrote this that uh, is uh, particularly poorly educated in these cases, but who has a vile despising of immigrants seeking asylum in the protections of the United States. Um, quote, although there may be exceptional circumstances when victims of private criminal activity could meet these requirements, they must satisfy established standards when seeking asylum. Now, keep in mind, this has happened for over 15 to 20 years, where these types of activities have, in fact, satisfied asylum grounds, as mentioned above correctly. Quote, such applicants must establish membership in a particular and socially distinct group that exists independently of the alleged underlying harm. This is a brand new standard by dictate from the Attorney General with a demonstrated despising and hatred of immigrants of all types. Let me read this again. Such applicants, now go back up here, what it says up here, let's go back to the first part. Under the current law, Applicants must demonstrate membership in a group which is composed of members who share a common immutable characteristic defined with particularity and socially distinct within the society in question. And here's what uh, uh, now uh, Sessions says. Such applicants must also establish membership in a particular social group that exists independently of the alleged underlying harm. So what he's saying is there can be no group composed of people who are victims. Think about that. Asylum is for victims or potential victims. He is saying no one can be in a member, be in a social group if that social group is created by a harm. So if your social group is women who have been subject to domestic violence in El Salvador, that can no longer exist under matter of AB. It can no longer exist under matter of AB. In addition, they must demonstrate, even if that's not the case, they must demonstrate that their persecutors harm them on account of their membership in that group rather than for personal reasons. So not only can there be no group composed of victims, the harm caused by to those individuals must be other than personal. I don't like you. I want to beat you. You're my wife. You have, uh, you have testified against me in court, for example. Uh, you have witnessed a crime that I have committed. That can no longer be the basis of persecution. And finally, the final thing that he has changed is that you must establish that the government protection from such harm in their home country is so lacking that their persecutors' actions can be attributed 
to the government. This is an insane, and I use that word very specifically and very directly and with full understanding of its meanings. This is an insane and impossible to meet new standard and is contrary to the entire scope of immigration law and their asylum provisions as outlined in the regulations, in the treaty, in the statute, and by every circuit court around the United States. It is true that the Attorney General has the authority to overturn and decide cases by the Board of Immigration Appeals, which is why the BIA and immigration aren't real judges, because they report to a higher person. I mean, their, their authority is, not is, is very, very finite in this context. And so, the Attorney General overrules matter of ARCG, uh, which is from 2014, uh, which recognized a social group without correctly applying these standards, which he literally just made up out of whole cloth. There is no circuit court in the country who has held this. There is no statute that says this. There is no regulation that mentions this. And there is no treaty that allows this. That is exactly what the Attorney General has done here. He has invented law out of whole cloth and has changed and put on its head the entire scope of asylum practice in the United States. We'll take a quick break and we're going to come back and take a look at this in a little bit more detail because this, this case is powerfully important to understand. Uh, the nightmare under which the Attorney General of the United States wishes immigrants seeking the protection of our great country to live in. We'll be back in just a second on the Immigration Hour. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back on the Immigration Hour. A little dead spot there for a second. That was David and me talking about something else. Um, 
So let's take a look at this. The, the Attorney General is clearly authorized to do what he did. He can grant asylum if an alien is unable, unwilling to return to the country of origin because they suffered past persecution or well-founded fear of future persecution on account of race, religion, nationality, and the persecution of group or political opinion. That's the statute. So the, the Immigration Nationality Act authorized the Attorney General, this should probably change, but uh, to be the DHS Secretary, to grant asylum if an alien is unable or unwilling to return to the country because they have suffered in the past, which is called past persecution, or have a well-founded fear of future persecution on account of one of five grounds. Race, religion, nationality, which are pretty easy to define, political opinion, a little fuzzier, and membership in a particular social group. You'll find this at 8 U.S.C. 1101A42A. This is the basis of our asylum laws in the United States. So the question here is, what does it mean to be a particular social group? There have been literally thousands of opinions from the Board of Immigration Appeals Court Appeals what this means over time. Uh, Session says this has evolved over time. That's not true. It hasn't evol- evolved over time. It's been defined over time. It hasn't gotten easier. We've got a greater understanding of what it means. Um, now, here's what Session says. The prototypical refugee flees her home country because the government has persecuted her either directly through its own actions or indirectly by being unwilling or unable to prevent the misconduct of non-government actors based on a statutorily protected ground. Again, that's generally what you see, but not always. When the persecutor is not a part of the government, the immigration judge must consider both the reason for the harm inflicted and the government's role in sponsoring or enabling such actions. Now, that's literally completely opposite of what he just stated as black letter law. If you go back to his first sentence, the government is unable or unwilling to prevent the misconduct. And now he says, whether the government's role in sponsoring or enabling such actions. You don't sponsor or enable such actions by being unable to prevent the misconduct. I mean, this is, the, the logic used here is a mile wide and a a millimeter thick. Um, Now, here's what's interesting. An alien may suffer threats and violence in a foreign country for any number of reasons related to her social, economic, family, or personal circumstances. Yet the asylum statute does not provide the redress for all misfortune. But it does provide redress for economic harm that rises to the level of persecution, social harm that rises to the level of persecution, family harm that rises to the level of persecution, and personal circumstances that rise to the level of persecution. He literally doesn't cite anything. What's remarkable here is the lack of citation in this decision to any authority whatsoever other than Jeff Sessions and whatever Minion wrote this for him's personal opinion. Um, uh, for example, they quote from Matter of RA. This is a 1999 decision of the Board of Immigration Appeals, uh, where the board held that the mere existence of shared circumstances would not turn those possessing this character into a particular group. True. Uh, they must share a common, immutable characteristic and be socially distinct. Um, and Here's what's interesting. As, as Jeff goes on here, as he talks about the, uh, the board here, as he talks about uh, his decision, 
Uh, he writes this. I do not believe that ARCG correctly applied the board's precedence, and I now overrule it. But he doesn't refer to any real precedence in this case. Um, and what's amazing about this is he cites to no federal court opinions that support his standard. Um, in this matter, he says, the immigration judge initially denied a response's asylum claim, which arises out of allegations of domestic abuse suffered in El Salvador. In reversing the immigration judge's decision, the board did little more than cite ARCG and finding that she met her burden of establishing a physical social group, which is what they're supposed to do. In addition to failing meaningfully to consider that question, or whether the respondent's persecution was on account of her membership, the board gave insufficient deference to the factual findings of the immigration judge, in Jeff Sessions' opinion. Um, now, I know uh, the lawyer who did this case, and this judge, in this case, denies every single case for asylum that appears before him. Uh, he is not a judge that in any way considers facts in ways to look at whether somebody should be granted asylum, but rather looks at them in a mode whether they should be denied asylum. So he decided to vacate the board's decision and remand for further proceedings before the immigration judge, consistent with this opinion. Um, so let's take a look more about his. So first of all, he's going to he goes through the process here of talking about uh, this individual foreign national. Um, who claimed when she entered the country in 2014 <clears throat> that her ex-husband, with whom she shares three children, repeatedly abused her physically, emotionally, and sexually during and after their marriage. The immigration judge denied the application for four reasons. She was not credible. The group she claimed membership in did not qualify as a social group. And even if it did, she failed to establish she was a member and that it was a central reason for persecution, and she failed to show the government was unable or unwilling to help her. The board reversed and remanded with an order to grant asylum after completion of background checks. This is a matter of AB. The board reversed the judge's credibility determinations as clearly erroneous, which they entitled to do, and concluded that social group was substantially similar to married women in Guatemala who were unable to relieve the relationship, which the board recognized as a matter of ARCG. However, the board held that the IJ clearly erred in finding the respondent could leave her ex-husband, and the respondent established that her ex-husband persecuted her because of her established status as a Southern woman unable to leave the relationship. Finally, the board determined the government was unwilling or unable to protect her respondent. Everything the board was allowed to do. They renewed these cases de novo, without, without deference to the immigration judge. The immigration judge then issued another order certifying and returning the case to the board um, and the board then sent it back again. The immigration judge observed the several court of appeals that recently held the domestic violence victims failed to prove their title to asylum based on membership in social groups. So he cited a couple of cases from the Seventh Circuit, Eighth Circuit, and the First Circuit, and the Sixth and the First Circuit. The judge believed these precedents relied upon by the board were no longer good law. So basically, they're relying on what the judge, what this immigration judge said, who was being supported by uh, individuals outside the bar in support of his opinion. In particular, he cited the Fourth Circuit's case, which denied a review for an alien that had not established her resignation was on account of a particular social this is This is Velasquez v. Sessions. Distinguishing ARCG because of the DHS concessions, the court of Velasquez said, quote, evidence consistent with acts of private violence 
or that merely shown an individual has been the victim of criminal that does not constitute every persecution on statutory protected ground. That is true. That is absolutely true. The asylum statute was not intended as a panacea for numerous personal altercations that invariably characterize economic and social relationships. Now, as, as they go on here, they rely on Judge Wilkinson's concurring opinion, uh, who said this. Um, Noting that victims of private violence were seizing from a social group in such applications, Wilkinson considered the example of applicants who claimed to be victims of gang violence. Aliens seeking asylum on that basis are often not exposed to more violence or human rights violations than other systems in society, and not in a substantially different situation from anyone who has crossed the gang or is perceived to be a threat of gang's interests. So he, he compared victims of domestic violence to gang members, uh, people who are, who are persecuted by gangs, and recognize that the board itself has explained that victims of gang violence come from all segments of society and therefore are hard to conclude in any group as actually perceived by the criminal gangs and is much narrower than the general population. Um, so as, as Trump, as, as Sessions goes on here, uh, he first uh, addresses some of the procedural complaints uh, that uh, were raised in, in his uh, authority to review the case. Um, and uh, he, uh, he says this um, as he deals with that. The Immigration Act grants the Attorney General the authority to review such administrative determinations in immigration proceedings, delegate such authority, and perform such other acts as the AG determines to be necessary to carry out his duties. And so he kind of dismisses this idea that he didn't have authority to do this. Um, also raised, of course, were the due process concerns. Both respondent and certain amici also raise due process concerns with my certification in this matter. They argue principally that my certification improperly bypassed the board and deprived it of the opportunity to consider the certified question in the first instance. Um, but he says the board exercised only Castro, only authority provided by the central by the attorney general, citing to his own opinion of last week in matter of Castro Tum. He said, in any event, the respondent has already received full and fair opportunities to present her asylum claim before both the IJ and the board. And after those proceedings, the IJ and the board issued written decisions to analyze the of the case. Basically says, ah, because I can, I'm going to do it. Um, so now he gets to this issue of the asylum application. Um, uh, and he goes through, in the first part of his decision, uh, his, his authority for reviewing these cases. Uh, and he starts on page 2327 of what's called 27INN DEC um, uh, AG 2018 for matter of A and B. In the number of opinions spanning several decades, the board has articulated and refined the standard for persecution on account of membership in a particular social group so that this category is not boundless. And they start with matter of ACASA, which has been the law forever. Uh, applying what's called the canon of ejusum generis, the board concluded that today's particular social group should be considered and construed in a manner consistent with the other grounds of persecution in the statute, race, religion, nationality, political opinion, noting that each of these terms describes a characteristic that either is beyond the power of an individual to change or so fundamental to individual identity or conscience that it ought not to be required to be changed. The board concluded that persecution on account of membership in a social group must similarly mean persecution that is directed toward an individual who is a member of a group, all of whom share a common immutable characteristic. The board said that this definition preserved the concept that refuge is restricted to individuals who are either unable by their own actions 
or as a matter of conscience should not be required to avoid persecution. Uh, they then looked in 99 at matter of RA about, quote, whether the repeated spouse abuse inflicted on a respondent makes her eligible for asylum as an alien who has been persecuted on account of her membership. And he said, in a thorough, well-reasoned decision, the board first looked at the plain language of the INA, finding no definitive answer in the language. The board looked at the, in which the other grounds are construed on the account of clause. And following significant guidance, concluded that the RA was not eligible for asylum for two reasons. First, her social group, Guatemalan, who have been involved intimately with Guatemalan male companions who believe they are living in a male denomination, who are to live under male domination, do not qualify as a social group. And second, even if she did qualify, she failed to show a next between her husband's abuse and her membership in that group. I'm going to come back and analyze this a little further because this gets into the real thing that's going on here, the overturning of decades of precedent. Back in a minute on Immigration Hour. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano, o tiene problemas con inmigración, o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Now, the reason most immigration lawyers back here on Immigration Hour think about matter of RA, they go, what's matter of RA? I, that's not a case. That's because the Attorney General vacated matter of RA in January 2001 and directed the board to stay consideration of the case pending final publication of a rule offering guidance on persecution of such group. This is Reno. No rule ever issued. Uh, and then Mukasey lifted the stay and ordered the board to reconsider the case in light of the interviewing board and judicial decisions. And once again, in December 2009, the board issued another opinion in a matter of RA in which they jointly stipulated that person was eligible for asylum. So there is no matter of RA precedent. It's gone. Um, and uh, he says, well, the board and then, of course, have relied on RA. Well, not really, because it's not precedent. It's never been precedent because it was case was dismissed. Um, now, the board has refined its interpretation of, matter of, of, of social group matter of CA, uh, which was affirmed in uh, Castillo Arias versus Attorney General in the 11th Circuit, where the board held that a cognizable social group should be generally easily recognizable and understood by others to constitute social groups. The board, the board defined the particular requirement as, quote, whether the Perot's group can accurately be described in a manner sufficiently distinct that the group would be recognized in the society in question as a discrete class of persons. In matter of EAG and 08, the board further ex explained that the extent to which members of a society perceive those with the characteristics in question as members of a social group is the particular importance of determining whether an alien is a member 
of a clan social group. Now, the most basic social group out there is family. Family is a social group. It's identifiable. You are part of that family. And I have won countless asylum cases over the years as people who are members of a specific family. Um, now, a lot of people have argued, well, that's the family is, could be very general. There could be one member and a third cousin could be a family. True. We're talking about really immediate family here. Uh, so as, as Sessions continues to go through his analysis of this, he continues to rely on and says this. The board explained that their definitions do not advocate or depart from ACOSTA, but rather clarify how the definition of social group had developed through a case-by-case -case adjudication. Um, now, as uh, Sessions continues here in his decision, um, he points out to a couple of circuit courts that expressed skepticism of matter of ARCG, uh, in which uh, he says the board has established a brand new category of cognizable particular social groups. Now, I will, I will say, and everybody should know this, there has been a, move, a, 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 a social movement for years to get the board to recognize uh, battered spouses as a social group. Um, and uh, the question has always been, how, how do they become socially cognizable? Uh, do they have to be beat up by their spouse? Because people, oh, they have to be beat up by their spouse. Do they have to make police reports so that they, they are recognized by society? Um, all that's been a little bit unclear. And matter of ARCG said, look, if you're a married woman and you've been battered by your spouse, we're going to recognize that as a particular social group. Uh, the court said in Velasquez Sessions uh, concluded uh, that the asylum claim concerned personal private conflict rather than persecution on a, on, on a protected ground. That's Velasquez versus Sessions in the Fourth Circuit. And then says in the Eighth Circuit, relying on Fuentes Arraso, declined to approve a particular social group of Honduran women in domestic relationships who are unable to relieve their relationships after distinguishing ARCG because the actual membership in the social group was undisputed. Um, very fine line. The 11th Circuit denied the asylum application of women who claim membership in a group of indigenous, indigenous women who live with a domestic partner and who suffer abuse and cannot leave safely from that domestic partner relationship. The court recognized uh, ARCG that, quote, Dijas conceded they suffered past persecution, and the persecution was membership in a particular social group. They said, because, but ARCG didn't concede, therefore it was bad. So recession says ARCG is wrongly decided and should not have been issued as a presidential decision. Um, DHS conceded almost all the legal requirements for a victim of private crime to qualify for a group. To that extent, the board examined the legal questions. Its analysis lacked rigor, rigor and broke with the board's own precedents. And think it is. The board should not have issued as a presidential decision because he has conceded most of the relevant legal questions. Um, and then he goes through this, uh, his, his stuff here, about why this is, is done. And then, he, then he says this. Had the board properly analyzed the issues, it would have been clear that the social group group was not cognizable. The board's approach in ARCG was contrary to the appropriate way the board has in the past and must in the future approach such claims. By accepting DHS's concessions as conclusive, the board and ARCG created a misleading impression concerning the cognizability of similar social groups and the viability of asylum claims premised upon persecution on account of membership in social groups. Um, so this has been, um, uh, as, as he continues in this opinion, um, continues to go back to ARCG and how the DHS conceded, and that concession in and of itself cannot be the basis for granting asylum. So is he saying, well, if DHS concedes, you can't grant asylum? Very, very unclear uh, about that, uh, whether that's going to be the case. 
Uh, and then finally, he talks about the nexus requirement that the, the DHS conceded in that case uh, and went forward on. Um, now, finally, he says this, having overruled the decision of ARCG. Now, question, does that mean ARCG loses her asylum? She may, in fact, be uh, a permanent resident at this point. I don't know. He says, I must vacate the board's decision in this case, which is a matter of AB as well. Um, the board's cursory analysis of their social group consists of general citation ARCG and country condition reports. Neither the IJ nor the board may avoid the rigorous analysis required in determining asylum cases. Well, this is, a, this is going to be a big surprise to the board because they routinely do this in denying cases. So now let's get into... Uh, the, what the law is changing. Now that he's gotten rid of AB and ARCG, he says this. Uh, this is on page 340. An asylum applicant has the burden of showing her eligibility for asylum, which includes one, identifying a cognizable social group, two, establishing group membership, three, persecution based upon that membership, and four, that the government is unwilling or unable to protect this from it. All of those are correct. That's, that wasn't changed in ARCG. That, that has been the law, perfect, and that's found in HCFR 208.13a. Um, and then he says this, of course, if the asylum application is fatally flawed in one respect, for example, the failure to show membership in a social group, an immigration judge or board need not reexamine the remaining elements of the asylum claim. Uh, citing to matter of Perez uh, Perez Rabanales versus versus uh, versus DHS, that ends this aspect of the matter. Failure to satisfy both the particularity and social distinctness of the requirements defeats her attempt to qualify as a refugee through membership in a particular social group. Now, here's the question: Does this mean that people presenting their claims as credible fear at the port of entry now will be denied credible fear at the port of entry? That's actually the purpose of AB. It's not necessarily to deny asylum cases at an immigration court or an IJ level. It's meant to stop the flow of refugees seeking asylum at a port of entry based upon this ground. And so he is now going to turn what is credible fear findings, credible fear um, uh, 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 grants, saying you have credible fear, now you can apply for asylum, into credible fear denials, which will then lead to credible fear appeals to the immigration judge and thus clog the courts even further. But that's, again, Sessions' goal, to stop the flood, the, quote, flood of refugees at our southern border by changing the law. And this, in fact, changed the law. Now, the next thing that Sessions does here, uh, says, he says this, Furthermore, the board may find an immigration judge's factual to be clearly wrong is only if, so he's now changing the law, only if, they are illogical or implausible. This actually reverses the de novo standard of immigration judge. So under Department Regulations, the board may not engage in fact-finding on appeals, and the board may not engage in de novo review of findings of fact determined by an immigration judge and the immigration judge's factual findings, including findings as to the credibility of testimony, shall be reviewed only to determine whether the findings of the IJ are clearly erroneous. And then he cites this. The board may find, he says this, the board may find that immigration judge's factual findings be clearly erroneous only if they are illogical or implausible or, quote, without support in inferences that may be drawn from the facts of the record. And in this, he cites to a, a Ninth Circuit case, Rodriguez 
versus, versus Holder. But that's not what that case says. Furthermore, he says, the board, quote, cannot, under a clear error standard of review, override or disregard evidence in the record or rely, quote, simply on its own interpretation of the facts. If the board disagrees with the IJ's factual findings, quote, a conclusory pronouncement that the findings were erroneous, quote, does not clearly constitute clear error, close quote. While the board purported to apply the clear error in this case, I cannot simply rely on the board's invocation of the standard. My dad has to determine, quote, the, whether the board faithfully employed the clear standard and engaged or engaged improper de novo review. Again, a monumental change in how the board reviews IJ decisions here. Now, we're in the middle of a, an appeal to the Bureau of Immigration Appeals from a judge denying asylum to a Christian convert from Iran. Uh, there, there are numerous errors in that case, just factual uh, and legal errors in the case. And now what, he, what, what, what he's saying, the board cannot consider those unless it can identify what those were. So that means as lawyers, we better be identifying what those clear errors are for the judge. Again, this, is a, this matter of AB is a monumental decision, a monumental decision. Uh, here he says, the board admitted the IJ identified discrepancies and omissions in the testimony, but discounted the adverse credibility on various grounds, including the supported affidavits were due greater weight, and the respondents sufficiently explained some discrepancies, and the discrepancies did not ultimately undermine the respondent's account. In so doing, the board failed to give adequate deference to the credibility determinations improperly substituted his own assessment of the evidence. Um, uh, and so this is, this is, again, a massive change in how asylum law will be run at the immigration judge. And he says, second, the board further erred in concluding the IJ's factual findings concerning the responsibility to leave her relationship and ability to protect her clearly erroneous. Um, now, in support of his findings, the judge says, well, you divorced and moved away from your ex-husband, and you could obtain from the government multiple protective orders. Although the board questioned the significance of these facts in light of other evidence, it did not establish that the IJ's conclusions were illogical or implausible. So that's the new standard, illogical or implausible. Um, that sets, of course, a standard of review that is higher than beyond a reasonable doubt, illogical and implausible. So only if the judge is completely checked out can you overturn that decision of an immigration judge. Um, and then he goes through some other the other areas of the Board of Immigration and Meals. And here, so here's the conclusion. The board, immigration judges, and all asylum officers, who do not work for the Attorney General, by the way, should consider the following points when evaluating the asylum application. Here's now Jeff Sessions' directive on asylum, changing asylum law. First, one, an applicant seeking asylum or withholding removal based on membership and social group must clearly indicate on the record and before the immigration judge the exact delineation of any proposed particular social group. Second, the judge has the responsibility to ensure that the specific social group being analyzed is included in his or her decision as is critical to the board's appellate review that the proposed group is clear and the record is fully developed. Third, the board must remember that it cannot sustain an applicant's appeal based on a newly articulated social group not presented before or analyzed by the immigration judge. What that's going to mean is a lot 
of uh, Lozada uh, or ineffective assistance of counsel cases going back to the judge. Next, finding no jurisdiction to review a newly and then he goes this, he goes this. Furthermore, the judges, board, and all asylum officers must consider, not should now, must consider whether internal relocation in the alien's home country presents a reasonable alternative before granting asylum. That's been the law. It's unclear why he's doing this. Maybe he thinks they're not really doing it. Um, and then he says this, finally, um, or it says this, it's part of that, when the applicant has suffered personal harm at the hands of only a few specific individuals, internal relocation would seem more reasonable than if the applicant were persecuted broadly by her country's government. Finally, there are alternative, with their alternative problems, before we go to final, let's take our last break on the immigration hour, come back in a second, and finish up our analysis of this monumental, groundbreaking decision by Attorney General Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar con qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, o visítenos por el Internet al www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to our last segment here on America's Web Radio. This is a Chuck Cook and the Immigration Hour. We've been talking about the Attorney General's decision in matter of AB. I encourage you to read it. Uh, it is groundbreaking. Uh, it is a complete change in how we practice immigration law in the asylum context. But let's talk about this final thing that Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions said. Finally... If there are alternative, proper, and legal means for seeking admission to the United States, other than entering the country illegally and applying for asylum in removal proceedings. Now, this is actually a stat it's a federal treaty, okay? The asylum statute, quote, is but one provision in a large web of asylum laws designed to address individuals in many different circumstances to expand the statute beyond its obviously intended focus to distort the entire immigration framework. Aliens seeking a better life in America are welcome to take advantage of existing channels. In this case, A.B. entered the country illegally. Initially operated by agents, said her reason for entering the country was to find work and reside, and then decided she was going to claim asylum. And there's a very long footnote here that talks about, you know, Jeffrey Sessions' personal opinion on immigration. Um, so finally, he says this, In reaching these conclusions, I do not minimize the vile abuse 
that the respondent reported that she suffered at the hands of her ex-husband or the harrowing experiences of many other victims of domestic violence around the world. I understand that many victims of domestic violence may seek to flee from their home countries to extricate themselves from a dire situation or to give themselves an opportunity for a better life. But, quote, the asylum statute is not a general hardship statute, close quote. As Judge Wilkinson recognized in Velasquez, the board's recent treatment of a particular social group is at risk, is at risk of lacking rigor. Um, and therefore, he overrules the decision. So we'll move forward here. This will be a challenge of the Fourth Circuit. It may be overturned. It may not be overturned. He's going to hope to get Judge Wilkinson on this panel. Um, but what it does do, most importantly, up until the next attorney general sets this aside, which they almost assuredly will, it stands immigration law on its head with these different statements in here that he does not support. Uh, that he does not uh, uh, give any support for other than what he must do. Uh, and so as he talks about here, let's go back and look at these, um, and what he is, is asking and establishing here to be done, um, saying that the central, that the uh, individual, uh, the persecutor, this, I think the biggest change for me here is the persecutor is someone unaffiliated with the government, then the applicant must show that flight from a country is necessary because the home government unwilling to protect her. But here it also established what he's further is that the persecution is such that it's it almost can be, quote, so lacking that their persecution's actions can be attributed to the government. That That's the new standard for social group. And that sets a much higher standard that's ever been done before and it has no basis in fact and law. Uh, it is going to be just monumental, David, monumental as part of a, uh, uh, an overall plan uh, to limit legal immigration in America. And this decision really is designed, again, for the new people seeking asylum at our borders uh, or when they are detained. And it is going to be um, something that uh, I think most people uh, are, are going to be stunned to find out are going to have massive uh, consequences uh, uh, for us. Uh, and uh, it's not going to be something that people that practice asylum regularly uh, are going to see as something uh, that are helpful. Now, the last, the last part of our show here, I want to talk about something else that also came out yesterday. Lost in the, the complete rewriting of asylum law is this. The USCIS has established a new office apparently misappropriating funds from other parts of its project to target immigrants suspected of citizenship cheating. Uh, uh, citizenship Director Frank Cisna uh, said that his agency is hiring several dozen lawyers and immigration officers to review cases of immigrants who are ordered deported or are suspected of using fake IDs to later get green cards and grant citizenship. Now, I will tell you, and over the last years, uh, really since the late 90s, there's been an active movement to go after people and per prosecute them, remove their citizenship, and put them in jail and deport them from the U.S. when they have lied to get, ultimately, citizenship in the United States. There was a big boost early in the Clinton administration because, I mean, in the Bush administration, because the Clinton administration had a rush to citizenship. Uh, late in the Bush administration, there was a rush to do this. Um, and the Obama administration was pretty effective going after people like this. And really, since late in the Obama administration, there has been a movement we talked about on the show before called Operation Janus. Operation Janus, which is to identify people 
who had underlying removal orders under a different name, then came back with fake passports, ultimately got green cards, ultimately applied for citizenship. Uh, David, I was actually approached yesterday by somebody in the situation that they would they had gotten their they had gotten ordered deported when they were younger, left the country, got a fake ID, came back, somehow got a green card, and then applied for citizenship and gotten citizenship um, like five or six years ago, and now they get a letter saying come in for an interview about your citizenship. And when I said they said why, why do they want to interview me? I said well there's generally only one reason. Did you lie at some point to get a green card? And they put their head down and they go, well, I, I was ordered deported before, but, you know, I got a green card under a different name. I said, dude, you're gone. You're probably going to go to federal prison for a little while. You're gone. Did you, did you, or people that apply today that are in this, like, they were previously deported, got a green card, and then applied for citizenship. It's like, my God, you, do you not understand the way computers work in 2019 or 2018? You're gone. So they're, they're going to have a coordinated effort, said, quote, from Frank Sisna. We finally have a process in place to get to the bottom of all these bad cases and start denaturalizing people who should not have been denaturalized in the first place. When we're looking down to it, boil down to it, it's potentially a few thousand cases. Now, that's, of course, out of the millions of people that have naturalized. So it's a very, 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 very tiny percentage. But uh, And I, I applaud them. They should be doing this. People that did this. Should should be should be denaturalized, but David, there's also a way for people to, to actually get their green cards back. There's actually a fraud waiver that Congress put in the law in Section 237A1H to get their citizenship back and green cards back, and that's what will happen to a lot of people, particularly if they've got family in the United States. In September 2016, an internal watchdog under the Obama administration, you can't fault Obama for not enforcing the law, reported that 315,000 old fingerprint records for immigrants who had been deported or had criminal convictions had not been uploaded to the DHS database that is used to check identities. The same report found that more than 800 immigrants have been ordered deported under one identity but became citizens under another. Since then, the government's been uploading old fingerprint records dating back to the 90s, and investigators have been evaluating cases for denaturalization. Um, there have been several federal court cases about this as well. Um, and I applaud this. This is what they should be doing. They should be denaturalizing people who abuse the system. You can't say that Jeff Sessions is off base in, in the way he's reinterpreting asylum law and at the same time say it's improper to go after people who have abused the system. They should be going back to people who abuse the system. Uh, and I applaud them for doing this. Um, in 19, since 1990, over 305 DNATS cases have been filed. Um, um, and uh, in this, uh, uh, Matt Hoppick, who's agreeing to have on our show one day, agrees that uh, deportees who lied against him should face consequences, but that other immigrants who made mistakes in should get targeted and would not be have their money to fight their court. Well, you know, mistakes are one thing. Lying is another. And I have no, no sympathy for people that are lying um, and, and lied to get this citizenship. show. I mean, I applaud immigration for doing this, but for many people at the same time, there will be a way to fight back. Um, and uh, we are going to uh, uh, really have a fight going forward, David. It's going to be something that uh, uh, is, is going to be interesting to see what's going on uh, and how this works in the context of Operation Janus going forward. It's all over the country. Uh, and all I see by this, David, is 
DOJ, DHS making more work for immigration lawyers. So once again, making immigration lawyers great again. Uh, a colleague of mine on the web referred to this as the Immigration Lawyers Full Employment Act. You know, true. We're, and it's funny, people say, well, you just don't like Trump or, or such because they're going to put you out of business. <laughs> yeah, you clearly don't understand immigration law at that point. Dave, it's been a good show this week. We'll get this out up on the iPod podcast. If you have any questions or comments about this, love to hear them right online uh, about what your comments are. Write me directly at Chuck at Immigration.net. Complaints, as always. Go to David at, at, at uh, David at com. Um, make your complaints succinct and to the point so when he deletes them, he will not miss them. Um, uh, but until next week, basically also is the uh, uh, is the annual conference of the American Immigration Law Association. Hopefully you're going. It's the best place to be to learn about immigration law. So I encourage you to be in San Francisco starting tomorrow night. Be there through Saturday, and we're going to learn all kinds of stuff. I'm speaking Saturday morning, David, on business immigration law. Looking forward to people at that point. Until next week, this is your host, Chuck Cook of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.com.